0: I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. (laughs) Let's
1: do this. Entrepreneurs, we're so capable. But at the same time, like hiring is still hard and you can't rely on, you know, what you've seen at big companies or what you've experienced as an employee in the past.
2: Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews.
0: And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 51. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We'd love to know what you think.
2: For today's episode, we're going to talk about the things that hold content creators back from hiring. Um, something Jesse is very familiar with. I'm not so much, so I'm excited <laughs> to hear this conversation. But before we go any further, what are you drinking
0: today, Jesse? So um, thanks to you and your wonderful birthday gift. I am enjoying the Russell Orchard Farms uh, wine that you got me. It's um, that sparkling apple cider, berry, sparkling wine. Uh, It's really good. It's a little bit drier than I thought it would be, but it actually has like a really, I don't know if you would call it like notes, fruity notes. I don't know. It's very crisp. crisp. Yep. And I had like two large pours of it last night. So... (sighs) Um, it's really good, good. I'm glad. It's really good. Um, Thank you.
2: Well, ha, I, I mean, I know we're this is in January that we're doing. I know, this episode, which but, is like you know <laughs> my birthday. Happy is birthday October. in October. You know, I well, know. No, it's nine great. Nine months away now from the next birthday. I love it. Uh, I love it. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I happen to they have like a sparkling apple cider rose like like pink apple cider mm. and that's also the farm, super good. The, same farm. Yeah. Mm. the same farm but this was like their newest like that was new a couple years ago this was like their newest oh I'll like, have to check cra- that one out too and
0: yeah
2: so um yeah it, that was so the the pink one was like I think 2019 is when I first saw it and this was the first year I saw yours so mm, I was like, yeah she'll have to try it for me yeah I like it. it's good I'd be one and done on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very good.
2: Well, now that we have that out of the way, let's get to our discussion with Emily Perrin.
0: Emily Perrin helps bloggers and online entrepreneurs expand and improve their teams with talented freelancers. Her number one goal is to align the right person with the right role so that business owners and freelancers alike feel empowered to work with their individual skill sets and strengths. Her expertise lies in hiring and managing in your zone of genius. Emily, welcome to the
1: show. Hi, thanks for having me today. Yeah, we're We're so so excited. excited.
2: So first off, this is Cocktails and Content Creation. So we must start off with what are you
1: drinking today? Oh, I have yoga blend tea. Yoga blend tea, what is that? Yes, it has peppercorns and nettles, cardamom pods. It is so so good, it's my favorite. It's like all fall, all winter. Buy it, yeah. I buy it at a little tea shop by my house. So, is it
0: peppercorns? Is it spicy? Mm -hmm.
1: No. Yeah, you would think, right? With like black peppercorns in it, they're uh, whole though, so it's like the hot water is just uh, steeping yeah. the black pepper. Mm. You know,
2: so many people are like have been introducing us to new um, teas and coffees and everything. I almost feel like we need to rebrand as like coffee or tea and cocktail content creation <laughs> instead of cocktails because we do our interviews so early. I know then. we do.
0: We do. We <laughs> do. And
2: we're us- usually we're not drinking.
0: Usually. <laughs> There's been a few there's been a few times. I do think we need to start offering some afternoon sessions so that we can actually so that pop we can yes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, well now that we've gotten that out of the way and I'm going to have to go pick some of that stuff up, tell us a little bit Emily about your journey and what it is you do.
1: Yeah, so I got into hiring freelancers because I found it was really really hard to do. It was really overwhelming and and i actually had the right background for it so i spent about 10 years in the corporate world and i was a hiring manager i also was just that that person that sat in all the time so i was always helping the department hire whenever we had to replace someone and so i was reviewing resumes sitting in on interviews consulting on the selection process and and then at the same time while i was in the corporate world i also earned a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology and so it's just like business, HR kind of degree. And so I came into my business thinking like, I'm going to have no problem doing this because, and this is like what, 2016, So I think like, I can do this. I have the background. I have the education and the experience. Like I know what I'm doing. I know how to hire. I can do this. And then it was like a train wreck for about two years. And, you know, I had a few bad experiences and I was like, what are people doing that don't have my background? And so that's when I started to just start to understand it. So this is 2016, 2017. I'm trying to figure this out. What are the freelancers looking for? How, like, what do you need to do different? different than, you know, a big fortune 500 company. How do we need to be different as solopreneurs, bloggers, coaches? Like what, what do we need to be doing different? And I was career coaching at that time. And so then, you know, I'm figuring this out by 2018, I've nailed it. And my friends are starting to notice and they're coming to me for advice. Like, Emily, where are you finding these freelancers? Like you love working with them. You're so lit up about it. And so that's how I just started, you know, sharing my hiring process more. And I started doing some recruiting for food bloggers specifically is who I've been working with and so fun. And so I've, I've gotten to also like test and refine my process even a little further, but Um, Yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And now it's like, I am on fire. Like, I am so passionate about it because, like, we can do this. Like, entrepreneurs, we're so capable. But at the same time, like, hiring is still hard and you can't rely on, you know, what you've seen at big companies or what you've experienced as an employee in the past. Um, It's not going to work in your business.
0: So, I always love hearing um, the journey because you, so you were in corporate and then you, Did you start your coaching business on the side and then kind of left your corporate gig, did that full time? And then you kind of found this really interesting niche. And so do you still do your coaching? I mean, I guess you kind of still coach in a different capacity, right? And more along the hiring, but like, do you still actually do the business coaching?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not really career coaching anymore. I mean, I still, I was doing in that space, I was doing more like some resume writing, cover letter writing, more like supporting people in career changes and transitions. And yeah, that's pretty much wrapped up at this point. Nice. I still like, they kind of ran together for a period, but in the last couple of years I've been able to um, just focus more on the hiring side. So yeah, I do do some coaching still with, business owners, but it, it looks different instead of yeah. you know, helping employees change. I'm now helping businesses build their teams.
0: I love that. I love that because we have talked about, you know, niching down and finding your niche and, you know, so, and sometimes it can be really, really difficult for people to, um, get so specific. They're terrified of alienating their existing audience, or is this the right way I should go? So, I don't know if you had any of those fears or if you were just like every, like everybody's so interested in this and actually I'm really interested in it. So I'm just going to go for it. I don't know if you have anything to say about that.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things I've done and I think this is the way I've always approached business is I I am not one for big plans. So I I could not plan out the last 5 years. And so I've always been someone who is taking a couple steps forward and just seeing what would go. And to be totally honest, I didn't have a lot of like reach or scale in the career space. I just I found it to be a really hard industry and I think part of it was It's just so big. Like employee is such a big niche, but once I got into hiring, I knew I wanted to be specifically helping other like digital businesses, like myself, because that's how I was building my career coaching business. And then as I got into that, I tried to be like all digital businesses. And then what ended up happening was I just like got introduced to a food blogger, and it was like once I had one food blogger, then I found like oh they're their own like sub niche but they're still under the digital the digital umbrella like they're running digital businesses they think that way they're more solopreneur mindset and so it was a really natural fit for me but again i was just testing right cuz i i tried some other digital businesses in the last few years and again and again for my one on one work i found that the food blogging industry is just it's amazing it's amazing and it's so it's big in its own way i mean it's not like there's a hundred food bloggers. I mean, we're talking huge. You know, tens of thousands of food bloggers every year. There's more food blogs being started. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. I just, I kind of just stayed aware. I really stayed aware of where things were moving and who was resonating with me and and where was it like just easy, right? Like where was it easy to talk to people? And,
2: Isn't kind of and I, I, got some, I also presented at some
1: food blogging conferences And I did a couple, like there were some food blogger podcasts that I was on. And so that, that's, it's just kind of happened in that way. And I think that's the best way for our niches to come about, to be totally honest, is to, you know, there's all that advice out there that says go super specific, but I think the part they're leaving out is that they started broad once too. Like they were also kind of testing different areas and different offerings. So, and then it's like finding that one that, that goes deep.
2: No, I totally agree. I think it's always so amazing how you just like fall into things. Like I've always like Jesse, I've known Jesse for a very long time and she's a photographer and I, we kind of speak, even though I'm not a photographer, I take a lot of photos and we kind of speak a very, you know, similar language. So I kind of fell into writing for her and a bunch of other photographers. And it's like, you just kind of fall into things and you know and it's the same thing with my blog i kind of fell into travel cuz i love it and then i had a child and motherhood popped up and it's just been like okay you just got to go with the flow yeah,
1: yeah exactly i completely So
2: agree. when it was so now you've ha- you feel like you're on fire right you you like you're like <laughs> i am going right i At
0: least you've clarity at least you're, that's like huge like clarity and being like yeah, I think
2: it. Is. Well, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, we have. You know, you said you're not like the big ideas kind of person, but I feel like the, the entrepreneurs we have all these ideas, whether they're big or small or whatever. And sometimes we just can't get out of our own ways to to make it happen because we have so much stuff. Um, and I think that outsourcing, bringing on somebody, can help you to kind of get to that point where you you have that clarity if you get to that point where you can afford it. So when is, when do you feel like it's time for content creators to, to really think about outsourcing and, and bringing on that kind of extra help to get stuff done?
1: Yeah, Okay, so I have been thinking about this question, and I really think it's now. It is right now. So regardless of where you're at, So if you're just starting out, this is the best time to start noticing what you like doing in your business and what you would love to get help with. Like start dreaming about those roles you would add to your team. What would your organizational strategy look like? Do you want do you want a social media manager? Do you want a you know, do you want more of a business project manager, someone who can take care of your details? Do you need an assistant who's going to run your calendar and your inbox someday? So I think that is like where it's at is now. And even if you're further into it, right. And you're starting to burn out a couple of other signs that it's like really becoming more urgent is if you're starting to feel burned out, I think a big cause of burnout is spending too much time outside of your zone of genius because zone of genius, um, is naturally energizing and it's not so draining. So if you're spending your time in your business, working on all the things, like there's going to be a lot of stuff that drains you. And so really starting to notice that and starting to take steps toward it. And then the other sign too, is if you're starting to miss out on opportunities, so you just have so much volume going on that you're not able to pursue the opportunity like if you wanted to pursue podcast interviews or guest blog posts or, you know, working with brands, a lot of my clients uh, love doing sponsored work with brands and putting together, you know, content, content suites, um, you know, contract work basically for brands. And so, yeah, that's why I think it's now, regardless of where you're at in business development, it's smart to start thinking about this work that because it's coming,
2: Right. I definitely don't have the budget, but I'm wondering, how do you get people? Is that, and this isn't really a question for you. It's more a question for me. How do you get interns?
1: Yeah. How do I make <laughs> that
2: work for me? they are free labor, not... right? I was an intern. <laughs> I was free labor. So hmm, how do I make that happen?
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, I mean, kind of along those lines, I mean, I know when I was first starting out as a photographer, I just didn't have the volume really of work to even hand off. So, but I can tell you that when I did start getting busy, I was like, there is no way I can keep up with this. Like, so um, I know that I started keeping a list and I'm sure you have like a really like better method of, of this, um, a list of things I do every day and whether they're daily tasks mm-hmm. or weekly tasks or monthly, I literally kept a note in my notebook like or in the like phone the note notes app um as to because i knew eventually like what can i what can i outsource what can i hire someone for so i mean how do we know you know out of that you know if it whatever method you want to talk about but how do we know what tasks we should be prioritizing um based on all the things that we do because we still you know keeping in mind budget keeping in mind like what does go into hiring and it's not like a simple like you find some some person and onboard them right away and get them started right away there is a process in that but yeah. so how can we start to think that, okay i really i really should be doing outsourcing this task versus this task and that's yes. where i should okay. start
1: yes Yes. This is so, this is so great. Uh, So one, I want to mention like, yeah, I think the notes app, that's awesome. Like, yeah, let's keep tools basic. You don't need any special software to do this. Like a notebook would be fine. Like wherever you're just getting it down so you can remember it when you need it is excellent. And then once you have that list, I really like to use the four zones of work framework. It's from Gay Hendricks. He's a psychologist and he wrote the book, the big leap. And that's where the zone of genius concept comes from. He, I believe he created that concept, but what what we talk a lot about zone of genius, right? We hear it. We hear it a lot too, but there's these other zones in his framework that are helpful for this. So I think of it like a pyramid and that like that the, at the base of the pyramid is incompetence. So that's everything you're not good at. And I think this is the easiest stuff to hand off and outsource. So I would target those tasks first that like you're really not good at. And then the second level is competence. And competence is everything you can do, right? And you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, we are really good at doing things, right? We can do a lot because we're resourceful, right? Like that's just how we're wired. And and not only how we're wired, but it's also kind of out of necessity. Like if you don't have the budget yet, you have to do it. So that's the second area I would target is the competence because that's the most draining stuff usually. Incompetence, you're probably even not doing it that much and you should be but it's those two bottom zones that are really the key areas and then the third level is excellence and then the fourth level at the top is genius and i think of it like a pyramid because i think the the way i'm seeing it with my background in career coaching and now in hiring and recruiting is that the like the number of skills or tasks in those each of those zones i think it gets smaller as you move up those levels. So they're not like equal zones. Like I wouldn't expect you to have as big of a zone of genius as you have a zone of incompetence.
2: So you've mentioned the zone of genius and you had talked about Gay Hendricks just, just so we can really get into this. Can you explain a little bit more about the the zone of genius that you're talking about?
1: Yeah. So zone of genius then is at the top of the pyramid and it's, this is the work like you were meant, to do. It energizes you, it excites you, it just lights you up in ways that other things in your business don't do. A lot of times too, it's the reason you got into business in the first place. Like I think of like people who love baking and then they start a blog about baking, but then there's so much that goes into blogging that they don't get to bake all that much. And so they've kind of lost like the core purpose of why they got started and why they started sharing recipes in the first place. And so that's, that's like kind of that honing back in to into your zone of genius as much as you can. And I am such an experimenter in my business. And which means just like, I'm willing to try things. Like I am not, I wouldn't say I'm super risk averse. Like I'll try little different things. And so I, over the last five years, I've really been testing like the bound, like the limits, I guess. I've been testing the limits on my own zone of genius and how much time can I spend in it And how much can I outsource? And sometimes I outsource a little too much. And sometimes I, you know, and then I pull it back. And then, you know, so I've really been playing with this in my own business. And I think right now I've hit a really nice balance. I'd say I'm 80, 80, not probably 80% of my time is I feel like I'm in my genius. And so then it's like work is energizing. It's not draining. It's fun. I just, yeah, I'm alive. I feel lit up. I have a
2: family. How do you feel like you, when you, when you say that you're outsourcing too much, what would you, what do you mean by that?
1: I think I outsourced, I think I outsourced some things. So I had a business manager for a while. Um, and I think I gave too, too much of my power away almost like it's, Like managing my business isn't my zone of genius. I would say like, I don't necessarily love it, but I wasn't, I had outsourced like all of my content planning. And again, I wouldn't say that's genius for me. It's probably content competence, but I just found like I was getting too disconnected from my business and what was going out and like how my brand was being built. And so that's where it was like this disconnect over time. Okay. That, yeah, that makes makes sense. sense. Mm -hmm. But as I said, I was like, I'm testing it so that I can share with others and help them like not make the same mistakes I did. Cause I don't think it takes as long (laughs) as as the way I took.
0: I've heard the phrase and you kind of alluded to it where, you know, there's the idea of working, um, like in your business, like working on the day to day, like versus on your business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, um, you know, assume that people rather be working on the business, like kind of the bigger strategy like behind it. Where do you want to go? like developing those new services, coming up with new offerings, coming up with the strategy behind it. But um there are cases. And Kate and I went to this um, networking event. And Kate, I don't know if you remember this where another woman there was like no i have zero desire to do that i rather just do what i do and she's an yeah um, i do remember that an esthetician and she's like i just i just want to be with my patients like if i could hire someone to run my studio do all the things like da 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 and i could just work on my clients that's what i want to do so i think it's important to tell people that this, like your zona genus is so personal to you. It's and, like, different yeah. for
2: every person.
0: Yeah. You no, know? I just, and I, let's
2: face I, it. No business looks the same. you know, there might be a typical business model, but no business looks the same for anybody. It's all different. And I think we need to, we need to accept that fact and like, just do what we, we want to do. I love this idea
0: of the zone of genius.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally, I feel like it's finally put a name to something for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I well, Z- do, do you ever like shorten it to Zog?
1: Okay. I, yeah, I do Z-O-G a lot. I, think I, a Z-O-G. I have heard
0: it, heard that before. So that's why I'm asking. This sounds like a thug thing.
2: The, the Z-O-G or something like that.
0: <laughs> I might edit that out too, guys.
2: I might edit that out too. Well, now, so, so now that we've established, you know, why we should be hiring people and you know, how we can, how it can help our businesses. What, what, what's holding us back?
1: Yeah, I think a couple of things that I see that I see for my students and for my clients is that not knowing what to do. Because we know the hiring process, right? Post a job, interview, make a decision, on board. You know it at the high level, but mm-hmm. once you actually like get into it, it can be really overwhelming. Because if you use something like an Upwork or Fiverr, you can get you know 30 people telling you different things, and so it's so overwhelming to deal with that. And so a lot of times people just get kind of shut down, and it's like I'll just I'll, I can just keep going, like I can I can do this. Like there's no one else that can help me. So that, that's part of it. I think the other one too, is that fear of wasting money. And this is a hard one because it is still kind of risky, but I, I never think like, even in the hiring mistakes I made, I've never felt like the money was wasted because I had, you know, even if I spent a few hundred dollars or I've had a couple, you know, $2,000 mistakes, which are crazy painful. But at the same time, I'm like, if I didn't have that learning, I mean, I could have maybe spent 50,000 over five years on this, you know? So it's, it, there's that side of it too, that, that you're getting this like deep learning that you're not going to get any other way. Unless you take some action and like be willing to like take that risk. Cause it is worth, I mean, it's worth it in terms of the reward too. If you find someone who's super amazing, who can stay with you for a couple of years at a few hours a week or can grow with your business too. Maybe they start at three hours a week and then they can grow over a couple of years to 10 hours or. I can totally relate with the
0: overwhelm. The overwhelm can be tough. Like I'll go in and like, if I'm looking for, you know, the other day I was looking for someone to like start pulling my images for me. And I went into like a group on Facebook and was like, I'm looking, you know, and that's, and it's specifically for that. It's defined. It's like literally outsourcing for photographers or something group on Facebook and you know, and I knew I'm going to get bombarded with responses. Like that's just how it goes on Facebook. But like, I could easily see someone get getting super overwhelmed with those responses. And how do you move forward? How do you take the time to go through every single one of them? So I, I get, I, I can, re- I can relate to that. And know
2: that you're hiring the right person. There. Yeah,
1: for yeah. me. Yeah.
2: I can relate to the whole, um, not from actually hiring somebody, but being brought on like wasting the whole wasting money thing. Whereas I'm a blog writer, people still don't don't get how blogs can be so helpful to businesses and getting it seen. And so a lot of times like somebody will be interested in it and then they see that it's going to cost them this much. And it's still going to take some of their time because I'm not a mind reader. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I still need them to tell me like, what do you want me to write about? Um, you know, they're kind of like they don't want to they don't want to take the time and they don't see it's it's a long game when it comes to blog writing. So a lot of times they don't want to take the money and and wait and and quote, waste it on playing that long game. So I totally get what you're saying with that. And so it's,
0: it's a bummer. Are there any tips that you have to like overcoming these? I mean, other than just like, I don't know if you have any tips or mindset tools to like overcoming these blocks at all.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I think I've yeah, let me
0: <laughs> I mean it's it's a it's a tough question. I think, you know, when it comes for like for me, it was, you know, ultimately it was like either it's I'm going to just continue to work these 12-hour days or mm. I have to fix something. And I think the hardest part for me and Kate actually does a lot of work in my business. Kate, she helps me with my blog. She actually creates other content for me, um, you know, and has been a lifesaver for my business, especially this summer when I was like so crazy. So I guess it's like under, without experiencing that value, it's hard to imagine the value, right? Like Mm. I know firsthand and I'm like, Holy crap. Why didn't I do this years before? So other than someone telling you, "Oh, it's amazing. You should do it." Like, how else can they realize, like, that these blocks is, are kind this of needs like to
2: happen? They're
0: limiting beliefs. Than that this will actually help your business in in those points where you said it's time to start outsourcing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Well, and I do think some support can be helpful. I, I mean, to me, it's just a truth, right? I don't like. Isn't this just a truth of business in terms of? Like you can't do it all forever. I mean, you know, you're going to be eventually limited by your capacity because you only have so much time. Right. And yeah, and energy. And then the other side of it is too like you you're risking yourself too. So if you are mm-hmm. if everything is on you, if you get hurt or sick, like even if you uh, just yeah. get, you know, a cold for and you're down for a week, um, you know, that can, or, you know, you have to have surgery, emergency surgery, you know, your appendix yeah. needs to come out tomorrow, but there's no one to back you up. Like it's, you're risking that as well. So I think sometimes people think they're not risking things by not taking the risk to hire, but really they're just, they're risking other things that they're just choosing not to think about.
0: Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I know that, so, in when the pandemic started, so many people went digital and so many businesses, you know, pivoted their, their model to be either fully remote or like temporarily remote, but how, you know, and, and that being said, a lot of this like goes back to like, okay, I, I, my zone of genius is yeah. Working in this like physical space, physical world, and now this digital world. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it almost created this, like, new industry of online business managers, social media management was always, was pretty big, but it's like, I feel like it's even more important virtual, virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even say like how many like groups I'm in where these people have created these amazing businesses that literally are just to support other businesses. So, but there's like, it's there, there's this challenge now that we're like, but we're remote. So how can you effectively, hire people remotely. And like, you know, when you're not there to physically train them or like Mm. some of the tech even behind it, like Mm. how, like the tools, like, like, uh, you know, when I was in an office, you have a, you have like a shared drive, you have a, you have a server that houses everything. And like, so anybody can access it. So there's these like new things that have to happen when you're working Mm. remotely. So are there any tips when we're thinking about hiring and working with freelancers in this remote world that we live in?
1: Yeah, I mean there's so many options. A few a few that I really love is I think Loom is a great option. It's a Chrome plugin that is great if you need to show someone like how how something is done. So it's really good for training in terms of like you just walking them through like how to set up a newsletter in your email system or how to, how to put a blog post on your website. Um, you know, you can just do it and it screen records your whole screen. So I love that one. That one helps a lot. Last pass is really good too. Are you familiar with that one? It's a password sharing. So let's say you have a you know you have an account where you can't add multiple email addresses to it, so you have to share your password so someone can do the work under your account. That's where LastPass will securely share the password. they the freelancer doesn't actually have your password. They have to sign into LastPass and then they oh, go that's into awesome. The site. yeah, through through their their own account. So that's kind of cool. And then the third one that comes to mind that I do is I am like really fussy about my Google drive. So, you know, people are using Dropbox. It works for that. It works for Airtable. It works for Google drive. But what I do is I have a folder that has all the folders that any contractor that works for me can have access to. So things like my client folders are under that umbrella, they're outside of it. And so then what happens is even if a virtual assistant doesn't need access to all those folders, I have, it's easy to remove them if they move on. So if I fire them or they quit, I can easily take them off of my Google drive without having to like hunt and pack which files, which folders are they in? If you control it at a top level, then it's really easy to turn on and off. I love that.
0: I love that. Um, Google drive has been like life-saving. Yes.
2: I mean, it's, How I operate my business, I'll tell you.
0: I know. Google is just, I swear.
2: Google takes, Google's going to have like little things implanted in our brains someday. They're just taking over the world. And I love this, the the password idea. That's fantastic. Because a lot of times people are, I put things into people's websites and they're like, there's some websites that you can create like um, an assistant or an administrative account, but some of them you can't and or they or they can't figure it out or whatever for one reason or another. So having that, that's fantastic. I need to,
0: I need to look into that.
2: And we yeah. love Loom. Don't
0: mm-hmm. we, Jesse? Yes. Loom is like, so I, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what I do for Kate when I have like yeah. a, a project that I need her to work on. And I'm like, I'll just send you a Loom video. And it's so, mm-hmm. it's so amazing. And what it's I love easy. about it too, is that you can actually download those videos too so if you need to actually create something and put it on a different platform so I have a course so a lot of my like my screen records were done just through Loom. I downloaded them and then uploaded them into my course so it's really flexible and nimble and you can actually add folders and workspaces to give people access to certain things. So um I think that's great. Any um well I did have a follow-up question but I'm totally totally blanking on on that. So Um, When it comes to, um, and I know we didn't have this written down in our list, but what sort of um, revelations have you seen? I know a lot of people listening may be like at that point where they're like, do I need to do it or not? Should I really do this? And like, start to think about it, Um, you know, if you have an example or a couple of examples of like, you know, I've talked about it and like, it frees up time. It's basically saved me. But like, if you have any other big revelations that people have, you know, when it comes to their business and what they've been able to do for their business with outsourcing, I don't know if you can just share a few bullet points on that on sort of like the benefits of,
1: yeah. I think I can share a client example from Melissa at Blessed This Mess. She's been, she's just amazing. And so she is a food blogger and mama five, and she's also- I love her schooling. work. Yeah. Do you? She's, yeah. she's truly amazing. She's a client, but she's also become a dear friend in this process. And, and this year I recruited a social media manager to join her team. And it's been incredible to watch It's just incredible to watch how she gets to be present with her family and, and she can also still keep her food blog running and like with this support. And it's not, I mean, it's not like there's a humongous team behind her. It's mostly her, but also she lives the way she wants to live. That's what I think is so incredible about her is that her, her time priorities, are like what she wants. They're her priorities, and she's and she's been pretty honest about this. We've presented at uh, we presented at a food blogging conference together a couple years ago, and she was talking about this how she really has built it with very minimal hours. Like she and it's but it's a long game, right? Like she's been super consistent for ten years, and and now it's just amazing. Like
0: I love hearing stories like that. Me too. Um, because I, you know, a lot it gives of our me hope, I know a lot of our listeners are like growing their business or trying to figure it out. And actually yeah. that was one of the other questions that I, um, wanted to just circle back with on you because I know a lot of people, um, might be thinking this, like how, okay. So in this situation, like Melissa decided to hire a social media manager to join her team and you said her team is fairly small, but like, like, I guess, yeah. Like if, if a person only has like an X amount of budget for like outsourcing one thing, like How do they know they're going to like, when, what should they, what should they decide like is going to give them the biggest bang for the buck? Is it just the task that like sucks out, sucks their soul, sucks the most time they hate doing the most? Like, I guess if you have anything to to sort of prioritize, like from that perspective.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great question. And I, I really do think it's, it's really personal too. It's kind Mm. of like zone of genius where your zone of genius is really unique to you. There are not a lot of people that can can duplicate you. And I think the same is true here. I think it becomes like what your priority is. So some, for some people getting rid of the most painful stuff, that's the best thing they can do because it's freeing up their energy to put time into other things for others. Like Melissa, she really wanted to grow. She wanted to see growth on Instagram and Facebook. She had been kind of stagnant for a few years and she was just feeling ready. And so she wanted to make more of an investment into there, um, because she just wasn't getting to it. So it, it's not even that it's not that she hates it. It's just, she just, there's just so many things, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's all the kids in the school and, and the, yeah. and the blog and all of it. Right. And then she has some chickens and turkeys and yeah. honeybees. And so they just have to like, live this like really cool life. And Uh, yeah. So that, that's just part of it. So for her, she was like, I, that's like, that's what I need help with. Like, I'm, it's the stuff I'm not getting to, uh, was her, was her thing.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's great. Go ahead, Kate.
2: No, I was going to say now that do you have a follow-up question? No, because I was going to say, well, now that we know how much you've helped one of my favorite bloggers, uh, where can people find out more about you and maybe, uh, your services?
1: Yeah. So my website is emilyparin.com. That's where I have like you can see how to work with me. I have tons of resources on there as well. There's a free mini course. There, I've been blogging myself for a few years. So there's lots of resources about every step of the hiring process. So, so that's there, EmilyParron.com. And then my Instagram is parent, And I I love my Instagram DMs. I love connecting with people over there. So yeah you can also give me a follow and then in terms of working with me i'm really focused right now on building a suite of tools so i do have a full digital program called the hiring fix mm-hmm. and right now what i'm working on building in my business is really like smaller tools so if you just need help with interviews or you want to conduct a work sample as part of the hiring process there's support there for you as well because because i like i know i've been there like i'm always like just use it, like you don't have to reinvent this. you don't have to figure this out like you can just you can just do do what I'm
2: doing. I think that's so important because so many people think they do have to reinvent the wheel every single time they go to do some you know any part of their business, and we've heard that a lot with you know especially with content creators. they feel like they have to keep doing something new and exciting, and really sometimes going back to basics or maybe hiring out is the best way to go about things. Mhm, yeah. mhm. Well, thank oh, well you this so has been much. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Thank know. you so much, Emily, for coming on the show and sharing this with us. And we hope people are going to take that into account and maybe start hiring. I know, as I said, I'm going to look into how I get an intern. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. my That's my
0: homework for the day. Yeah. Or just really start thinking about that like pyramid that you were, you know, talking about. I mean, as we're, we're a great
2: way to think about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As we're looking, you know, we're, we're recording in Q4 of 2021, but this is, you know, going to be airing early 2022. So as you're strategizing, let's see about how you can make your life easier with maybe outsourcing or hiring out. Exactly. 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 All right, Emily, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Great to see you.
2: It's funny because, um, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a career, I had picked things specifically that I loved, but I didn't think of all the things that didn't that kind of went along with it. Um, And so I'd get into, you know, I, I went into producing and I loved it so much that I didn't mind doing the other stuff, but I didn't enjoy doing some of the other stuff that came along with it. And Mm -hmm. the same, you know, and the same things happened for, you know, a couple of different things that I've taken on. This is the first career that I've been like, all right, well, I really just got to do it and do it all. But I think that after listening to Emily, I'm going to have to reassess that situation.
0: Yeah. I think understanding what you really like to do and what your zone of genius is, as she was describing, um, you know, I'm going to have to check out that resource that she mentioned, um book that talks about that overall concept. I mean, I had yes. heard about Zone and Genius before um, and the idea of working in, in your business versus on your business. But for me, it's really about, um, you know, sure. I, I'm the one that goes out and shoots. I'm the one that, you know, still does the post-work, you know, shoot workflow, even though I've started to outsource a lot of that or automate a lot of that, um, you know, figuring out ways for me, it's about saving time and, Yeah. Some of the things I don't necessarily love doing, um, for example, writing is not my, it's not my strong suit anyways. And so I, I, there's, there's pieces of my business where I still do a lot of my writing, but a lot of it I outsource now to you, um, which just makes my life easier. And so, um, you know, now you've taken on a few other, you know, aspects of my content creating and the writing for that. So, yeah, um, But I also can relate with business owners not knowing what to outsource, how to outsource, because it can be overwhelming. The second you put a job like post out there or looking for someone to help me with X, Y and Z on Facebook, you're going to get like a thousand responses and immediately you're just going to be like, oh, crap. And what then, do and I do then,
2: now? Yeah. And then there's that fear that that person, you know, your business is your baby, right? It's like, like to me when I, and it comes to like my whole brand, I, I am for me specifically, I am part of my brand when it comes to like my influencer, you know, blogging stuff, not for uh, like for everybody else. It's a little different when I'm writing for everyone else, but when it comes to like my personal brand, that's me. So outsource, the idea of outsourcing that is almost like outsourcing a part of myself, even, even if it is the stuff that I don't truly enjoy. Ju- you know, I was saying, it's funny, I sang saying to my mom yesterday, I'm driving, and I get all my best ideas when I'm driving. And, of course, you can't, can't write down anything. And, and, really, I need to maybe get better about, like, using the, the talk to, to, to the notes function or whatever I can do. Um, but I'm like, you know, I just have to have somebody like following me around all the time, like taking notes because I have all these great ideas. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to make a note of that when I stop. And I totally forget. Yeah, I totally forget, you know? Yeah. So it's, it is that feeling of like, that's my baby. Is somebody going to do as good a job as I would do? You know, I'm a little bit of a control freak. So, you know, are they going to, maybe they don't care about it necessarily as much as I do, but are they still going to, to do things to the level that I Take it. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's a big thing for a lot of people out there is once they've created this brand, they want to make sure that that everyone's getting the level of service that they're used to providing too. Right. That's the other thing. So yeah.
0: No, I think so there's definitely to. things to to consider, but knowing that it can help you save time, it can help you prioritize what really is important in life or business. Um, she gave a great example of one of her clients where they were able to regain some of their family time back. And so I think mm-hmm. for, for me, it was really, you know, how can I get that time back and where And where that's can actually I... a, a big part of Bless This Mass is like the family time. So it only makes sense. Right, exactly. And so, you know, the the nitty gritty of it, I know we didn't necessarily dive into um, you know, how to find that right person with Emily, maybe we need to have her come back for another episode yeah, on like, you know, the things to consider, you know, when actually interviewing someone to make sure they're a good fit or will match your brand. Um, but yeah. knowing that you can get over these blocks and understanding what might be a priority when you do, or when you're having that like internal conversation with yourself, because we're yeah. all working alone and we're all just talking to ourselves all day. Um, yeah, yeah. So
2: no, I, I totally agree. Maybe, well, this is, I mean, it would be great to have her back on definitely. And, and, you know, this is a great precursor to a conversation like that, because, you know, first you got to get over those blocks and then take that next step of actually putting out the call and and, and getting somebody on board. But she also said some great tools for for onboarding, you know, that we, we love. So um, they're doing, you know, we're doing something right, Jesse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you'd like us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation as well. And, for now, I'm Kate Andrews. You can follow me on Instagram at FashionlyKate and Co. That felt very
0: producer of you. I felt I had a little sense of like the news station with your sign off this time. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm trying uh-huh. I'm trying to bring it back.
0: <laughs> I know bringing it back, bringing it back. Okay. And I'm, I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me at Jessie Wyman photos. If you're a photographer looking to know more about the brand photography world, I'm at the brand photographer method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of cocktails and content creation. Until then cheers to your next cocktail and happy content creating.